Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Mark. Mm -hmm. I've been saying for years that Ping help you play your best because that is exactly what they've done for me throughout my entire career. And now I've been having a look at the new Blueprint S and T irons, and boy... They are impressive. So much so that I've got the new Blueprint S irons in my bag at the moment. So what do you like about them so much? I mean, I've never seen you this excited about a golf club. Well, I could go through the specs, which are exceptional, but I won't. I will say, though, that if you're looking for more ball speed and if you want to lower your scores, if you want to mix and match and still look great, you should check them out because the new Blueprint S and T irons, they are definitely worth a look. Nice. Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting. It's week 20 of the golfing calendar. Now, coming live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia, Nick O'Hearn. The only player in the world to ever beat Tiger Woods twice in match play. And Mark Allen, the only player in the world to... Um, the, uh, the only player in the... Oh, hang on. Oh, well, this is awkward. Um, Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen, this is Talk Birdie to me. I know we're about to talk about an almost trifecta of an Australian golf, mm. but I just want to give you some insight. I played some golf on Saturday, played golf with a bloke who I've never played with before. Um, had his initial in his name, which is unusual. Right? I won't say it. You know how yeah. he's... Yeah. Like it reminded me Mark A. Allen. Okay. This guy had his initial in there for some reason on the timesheet. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe he's got the same name as somebody, another member. Anyway, interesting player, big bloke. Hits it straight, doesn't mess around. It's going to be a quick round. I'm thinking, wow, this guy's good. Is this at the Heath? Yeah, this is at the Heath. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he hit a shot. He was about 160 metres out. Hit a shot and it went really nice. I looked over there. He had a hybrid. A couple of holes later, 170 metres. A little <laughs> bit further. Okay. Look back. He's got another hybrid. I go, mate, how many hybrids you got? He said three. Okay. Why don't more amateur golfers have hybrids? Oh. Because this was this made the game so much easier. Hmm. And yeah, it wasn't a big high ball. I mean, how how many amateurs do you know are big high ball hitters? Right? Not many, are they? No. No. Anyway, he made the game seem easy for somebody who hadn't been playing golf his whole life like you and me. That's impressive. Well, the, I know a lot of the women's golfers uh, have hybrids in the bag, yeah, and yep. I'll tell you, there's a good reason for yeah. it because it, it makes the game easier, makes as game you say. Easy. The one guy I remember on the PGA Tour well, who on. was the best. Did he hold the bag above his arm? Uh, no. Betting, Tiger Woods? Oh, since it's PGA week, Wai Yang. Wai Yang, no, it, yeah. it wasn't him, though. Yeah, who was it? Tim Clark, the South African. Oh, that's he, right. He had a bunch of hybrids. I reckon... I would say 
a five iron, might have been his uh, lowest iron, maybe even a six iron. He might have had a five hybrid or a seven hybrid in there or something. Well, you're wearing a ping hat. I'm Mm. a Titleist guy. When is it we're going to see a good set of mid to low irons? So let's say six iron down for blokes – all right, aimed at blokes mm-hmm. because I see it sometimes aimed at women, you know, the, with the pink shafts and everything else. I mean, it's just completely aimed at women. When do you think Titleist or Ping will make a shape of iron that looks really, really good from six iron down to their short irons? Yeah. And then have a and five the hybrid like, and a six and a four hybrid and a three hybrid. Well, I'm sure bang, they've bang, already bang. got the hybrids there. I know Ping do. You can yeah. you can get various lofts in the hybrids, yeah. but but then you can also get the irons if you want. So yeah. you're more a traditionalist. But uh, but you'd have to break in, wouldn't you? You'd have to break in. You wouldn't just be. You wouldn't just walk into a golf store and see them all lined up on that rack <laughs> like that. You no, would have you would You would no. have to mix and match. You go the yeah the bargain barrel type. Yeah. Anyway, just, his name was Mark Tucker. I don't know okay. why he had a K in the middle. But, Marco, it was good to watch you play. And it, was, it really was. It was really – I mean, he didn't shoot the lights out or anything, but golf was so much easier for him. I think – yeah, I think I know Mark. He, is he a – he could be a cathedral member, Mark. He is a cathedral yes, member. Yes, he is too. Yeah, That's right. You just said his name and gone, I know Mark. Hang Mark on. Mark K. Tucker. Yeah. Anyway, he's got to hear his name now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great bloke. Yeah, That's for so, sure. Uh, um, Jason Day, beautiful to watch. Uh, I think he called it, I saw an interview he did with Fox Sports, he called it a beautiful win or mm. something along those lines. We've been saying for how long? Let's let's pump up our own tyres. Yes. We have been seeing this coming just from the way he's swinging, his attitude. He's not bashing it under pressure. I mean, what, you, I know you've watched him. Let, let's, let's go back a bit because I know you've been yep. watching him. What made you think that he was due, because you've been saying it for a while. Well, I think everyone's been saying it for a while. What was he? At the end of last year, he was ranked something like 115 in the world. 175, I reckon he well, was. Well, that was well in the back. middle. Of, that, was, that was way back. That was at his worst. Yeah, yeah, but just before Christmas, I think he set himself a goal to get into the Masters. And I think, what was it, the first seven or eight uh, events of this season, he mm. didn't finish outside the top 20, had countless top 10s. The form was there. It was just a matter of time. Really thought going into the Masters, he mm. was one of the favourites, but unfortunately, it didn't quite happen for him and uh, he just kept that form going and the thing as you just alluded to was he's not ripping at the ball mm. anymore he's just going at it with control he's still got a lot of swing speed obviously yep but the control is there and the putting touch the short game that's never left him so yep. some of the chips he hit around the greens on that back nine i mean i didn't see all of the goals there was one chip i saw in the, in the highlights was there? yeah hold no, the chip not surprising the yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And if you watch his action too, no wrist movement mm. at all. It's all just very one piece, back and through, very shallow, mm. uh, a wonderful action to, to emulate. But what was that, his first win in five years? First win in five. Yeah. I think he's was his first win actually at the Byron at the old course. At uh, I know he It def- was at the old one, yeah. yeah Is this the, the one, one, are we in the same facility? Is it no. the, across the road? Because they had 36 holes there at the old Byron. This is a joint called The Ranch. Okay, this is And I think it was fairly right. named too by the looks. <laughs> it, it didn't come up well on the telly. Like, okay. it, as far as beautiful golf courses that you quite often see, Yeah. Um, yeah, this this had a bit of a ranch look about okay. it, to, well, t- to tell you the truth, but well, it doesn't matter. Hey, I mean, if there's 18 holes in the ground, someone's got to win, right? Yeah, so yeah that's, <laughs> that's right. That's the way I look at it. Uh, Seawood Kim needed to do something special in the last. It didn't quite happen. Uh, well, he, he tied lost to his the way briefly, and then Dave yeah. just knocked in his couple of footer. Yeah, Scheffler lost his way, as you said. Yeah. Uh, young uh, Austin Eckrout as well yeah. played really beautiful golf down did, the stretch. Did you hear about him? 
No. This is a great little story. Okay. And I want, I'm going to ask, I, 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 want a, I want an answer. You'll, you'll understand what I'm about to ask you when I tell you the story. But this kid, um, it was his best finish. And at the start of the week, he was fiddling around in his garage and found a beautiful old uh, Scotty Cameron putter that he used in high school and hadn't touched since high school. Oh. And it was one of those ones that was kind of, you know, had the answer neck, um, but it had a high toe, you know, the little high toe that oh, yeah. goes up a little bit. Yep. So it was one of those Scotty Camerons. It was probably one of those 61 or whatever they call it, uh, Scotty Camerons. Yep. Beautiful putter. Guess what? Gets it out of the garage, leads the putting stat for the week. Ooh. So right, so he just found it beautiful old putter he used to use in high school. Puts it in the bag and yeah. leads for the week. Now, have have you ever done that in your life? Have you ever <laughs> gone back and found one of your old putters no. and done that? No, but you just reminded me a good mate of mine, Paul Marsh. Good player, plays out of Victoria, Does he? golf club. But he sent a picture to a little chat group that we've got, and he found uh, found an old. Uh, it was a Wilson. Eight eight double eight oh two. Not the one oh two. Not the oh two. Was double a, eight one three. One three. Yes. That's the one. He said he found it after twenty years. Apparently, his brother-in-law oh. had it, and finally gave it back to oh. him. <laughs> and he said it was the greatest day since his wedding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. But uh, I'm going I'm to be curious to know how he putts with it after not yeah. having it for twenty years because the shape of it looks absolutely. Beautiful. Send him a message and find out. See if yeah. he'll get back to you. See if he's used it yet. Or has oh. he, he only just posted? He, has, he only. Yeah, it was just. Oh, okay. uh, it was just yesterday. Hey, just so. just on that. When I was a kid, Ben Crenshaw was uh, the guru. You know, he just won his second US yeah. Masters, and there was all these legendary stories about uh, the man. So. He had a double eight oh two. Yes. But in Australia, for whatever reason, we only ever had double eight one threes. Did that's, we? that's why like. I know. That's why I know the serial numbers because when I was a kid, I wanted a double eight oh two, like Ben Crenshaw. But no pro shop in the whole world ever had one. All we had was double eight one threes. Now, later in my life, I've seen double eight one three and a double eight oh two together. There's, and no, how they, there's they, no difference. Oh, really? No okay. difference. Oh, that's good to know. So I so might go searching the for the oh, I have no idea why they why did it. Why would they do that? Well, it's, what is it, 11 numbers difference? So uh, who knows? But anyway. It must be just the metal they use. It must have been, you know how sometimes they use different metals? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Like, just while we're on that, mm. there is no doubt um, the better irons you play with have better metals because there's a definite feel soft yeah just feels like butter when you hit a nice six iron that's made correctly yeah it's taken me a while to find the sweet spot at the moment so (laughs) (laughs) it wouldn't matter what you put in my hands right now but uh anyway going back to the golf great great win by jason day uh one thing i was going to say have you seen his golf barn at his home Yes. You get on YouTube, have a look at that facility. I mean, if you put it this way, if you can't uh, sharpen your game up at his home range and simulator and golf barn, this thing is incredible. Well, he he lives in Ohio. Yeah. And in Ohio, during winter, they're six foot under snow. It's freezing. So he had to get something up and going. But he had one of those ones, and I think there's a few in Australia where there is a fake grass putting green, and then on the roof, there are all kinds of lights and things that shine down, and it shows you the breaks. So, and then what can, they can do is they can move the floor, but then when the floor's being moved to alter the breaks, so are the breaks on the lights that shine, shine down. So it's just seriously, it is just ridiculous. And Jason's got one of those. Well. It's helping him shoot 62s in final rounds and uh, yeah. what, a, what a performance. The other performance mm. I was really um, quite uh, pleased with to mm. see 
Adam Scott shot 63. Incredible. Final round, tied yeah. for eight. So I, he's I, going in with some form into the PGA this week. Well, Look I, out. I think I said he's never swung it better last <laughs> you week. You did. You did. He has never. And, and I think the PGA, like if you follow them on Twitter, the PGA Tour put out one, two, three different views of his swing. So I'm thinking they must be listening to what we are saying. Yeah, obviously. Because they're onto it. I mean, you know, you know, you know those tweets that come out, uh, describe Adam Adam Scott's swing in three words. Yeah. I reckon I saw three of them this week. <laughs> so they're on to it, but yeah. he's he's never swung the club better. Mm. Um, they're playing at a golf course this week, and we're going to do a bonus, aren't we? We are. Are we, are we Dan? We're going to do something? Up for it. If you want to do it, we'll do it. I think we better. Oh, we have to. It's, uh, the PG, it's a major. Yeah. Uh, and when you look at the history of this golf course... Oh, we don't want to go off early or anything, but no. it said, uh, <laughs> I think it's, this is going to be the fourth US PGA. It's had three US Opens. It's had two US Amateurs. It's had two US Senior PGAs and one US Senior Open. Mm. So, storied golf course. Um, for whatever reason, they're going in 10 years at the moment. So, the bloke who won 20 years ago, um, who was that guy who hit the seven iron to about Sean three McKeel. Sean McKeel. Six inches, actually. Thank you. And the one who won it 10 years ago? Duffner. Duffner. Yep. Yeah, you've been doing some research. Oh, I just know that. very good. <laughs> I know that. Course. So, we're back at – so, that'll give you some scale, folks. That's the golf yeah. course we're going back to. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful joint. Um, it's been refurbed, but I reckon I'll leave all those details until we do the bonus because I had a quick look at the refurb. Uh, spectacular, yeah. spectacular, and and some golf courses are just built for major championships for sure. Um, and we saw that I think this week, uh, definitely a potential major venue is on the uh, LPGA tour where Jin Young Ko unfortunately got and beat uh-huh. Minji in a playoff. We you know we were talking about a possible tri- uh, trifecta. Who do yeah. we have? We had Jason Day. Yes. Minji was yes. leading yes. two up with three to go or four to go yes. and uh, Cameron, Cameron Smith, Smith oh. Oh, don't leave him off because Andrew Leonard will go ballistic <laughs> <laughs> he will go oh, nuts maybe we should just not talk about <laughs> it just to wind him up nah. yeah. but uh, now Upper Montclair is the golf course uh, just outside of uh, New York or New Jersey area there. yeah it looked awesome. I've played there Oh, how, yeah, how good is a, it? A, really good. A good mate of mine called Dan Plesak. He was a baseballer uh, back in yeah. the day, MLB. Who did he play for? Uh, he was day. a left-hander. I think he pitched. Well, pitcher. he played for yeah, a, he's a, pitcher. a variety of teams, you know, Philadelphia and all them, but he's on the MLB network now in the States. Right. Good mate of mine, left-handed golfer. He took me there for a game one day, and tell you what, it's a really nice yeah. property. Just old school. Just uh, the greens are very severe and quite tricky, and it really showed up on the, on the television, I think, with the women's event. But... Um, Gee, that was a tough, tough loss for Minji, mm. but she took a lot of positives out of it from her post-round uh, interview that I that I saw. And mm. Jin Young Ko, good to see her back playing well mm. as well. So, I saw uh, her putt on the seventy-second, and I saw Minji. Jin yeah, yeah, mm. she held the putt to get into the thirty playoff. footer. Yeah. Very impressive. Uh, I also saw Minji. She she wasn't the best day when I switched on. and was watching. She was having what the commentators were calling a difficult day, but yep. was hanging in there. And then I think it was the thirteenth hole. She was on a bare lie. She had a poor chip to about 10, 12 feet. She had this left to right putt and hold it nicely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a beautiful putt to stay one in the lead. Yeah. But that may have been yeah. where the good putting finished. Yeah, I saw something, I think it's on 16, where she missed the green. She had a, what she have, a two-shot lead at this stage playing 16 because mm. uh, Jin Yun hadn't played the 18th yet and made birdie there. But uh, missed the green right, pitched up to about eight feet and it was a dead pull. Mm. Definitely. I mean, an eight footy, you miss the hole by a cup, cup and a half. That's a dead pull. Mm. And then in the playoff hole, which I saw, 
I showed a bit of a slow mo after the fact, you know, after the after the putt where she missed it to extend the playoff. Yeah. Took it outside and then opened the face going through it. Uh, so that's something maybe that needs a little bit of attention there. But yeah, she did so many good things throughout the week. Obviously putted beautifully. Tita Green, one of the best in the world, male or female. Yeah. I don't you know, you can compare it to anyone. Probably better than any of the men, I think, from Tita Green. The only thing different is the distance side of things. But um, one of the best ball strikers around, a great week for her. And I'm sure, you know, after a slow start to the season mm. too, she'd what, played four or five events mm. and really hadn't finished inside the top 20. Yeah. So it was a good good to get the ball rolling for and her. T- talking about PGAs, I saw a little commercial uh, where they're playing the women's PGA next month at Bolter's Roll. So uh, it is spectacular. They got some good co- – and the uh, Pebble Beach for the US, US Open. Open. Yeah. Oh, and we just need St Andrews now. Well, St Andrews was played – was it last year or the year before? Well, I mean, might have been the year before or something, it, it, yeah. So that is, that is one of the big wins – for worldwide, for men and women golf, mm. is to mm. see the girls playing at some of the iconic golf courses that we've seen. You know, Bolter's Roll, no one forget Jack Nicholas. Jack is back. Oh, Jack yeah. is back. All the crowd chanting when he's hold that <laughs> long putt beat. Asayo Aoki, 1980. Gee, you're going back now. I'm going well. If that's yeah, if I got it right, I think it's 1980. Yeah, you could be right. Anyway, so so to see the, the girls teeing it up, pegging it, in big tournaments yeah. where careers are made and lost mm. and all the rest of it, at golf courses that, uh, you know, household names is, is brilliant. This may be a silly question. I'm mm. going to ask you this. Yeah, I'm, I'll give you a silly answer. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't the women play at the Masters at Augusta, a major? I mean, they have five majors already, right? They've got yeah. a women's PGA, uh, US Open, British Open, the Evian, which yeah. that's the dud right there. Yeah. And the other one's the Chevron, and I understand yeah. they pump a lot of money, yeah. and that I was the Dinosaur and all that. Which game, is the, eh? the Dinosaur where they dive in? Dive in, yeah. yeah that's a so different, I know that's it's a different a, name now. That's a, it's called the Chevron now. Yeah. So it went to the A&A for a little while yeah, as well. That's right. Uh, so they've got five. But Evian's a bit of a dud to me from, from what mm. I've seen over the years. Even the top players go and skip it. Mm. But why, why don't the women play at the Masters? I think that's the next step. That would be fun. They've got the amateur event there for the girls. Now it's time to maybe get them going there as well. That would be something. I don't know why that hasn't happened. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a silly answer. Okay. I'm going to give you a silly question on top of it, right? (laughs) Go on. Will it happen in our lifetime? Ooh. Well, depends on how long I live for. (laughs) I would like to say it. Yeah. I, I, I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm, I might do a little research as to why, if, if that's been posed mm. before. I'm sure the question's been posed yeah, it before. Is. It is. And I'm not sure why. But whether you could spread it apart a few weeks or a month apart, you know, something like that. Yeah. Who knows? Um, oh, by the yes, way, yes. going into the uh, LPGA event, yes. Nelly Corder had Joe LaCarver on the back. Oh. And when I saw that, I said to you, going to win by four. Uh, yeah, and you know what I did? I right. put $50 on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said to me, so, like, and I thought okay. to myself, He's right. She's <laughs> going to win by four. So, Mark. I went straight to. I've got to tell you. Sorry, was, mate. Yeah. We put it on the wrong LaCava. Joseph LaCava. Oh, Joe's oh, son. Oh, oh Joe's son. four. Steve Stricker. <laughs> and he, oh, and he won by six. Me? Are you we put it on the me? wrong LaCava. There you um, go. So, so Stricker wins by six on the Champions yep. Tour. With Joe LaCava's son. With A. LaCava on the bag. How good's that? So, and Big Joe say, missed the cut with Nelly Corder. Oh, I know. That was very surprising. Oh I've, just, <laughs> I've, just, I've just thrown all the uh, the feedback because we're going to get to the feedback. Now, before we get to the feedback, have we actually spoken about Cameron Smith yet? No. I think we we've missed it. So we, we've, we have to. Yes. He can win next week, can't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, the one knock I've got on Cameron Smith is, for whatever reason, I reckon his driver gets a bit wild, unexpected. It's unexpected wildness. 
Yeah, there's a lot of rhythm that needs to um, occur in his golf swing for <laughs> to get it going straight. You know, we, we saw that, I guess, at the Players' Championship last yeah. last year when he got the old snipes going and, yeah. the, and the blocks every now and then. But when you putt as good as he does, you're always going to be up there anyway yeah. and you just need to get something forward and in the air yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time. Uh, <laughs> DJ won the tournament. Yeah, and that's just, a scary thought because he actually said afterwards, mm-hmm. I'm playing well. Yeah. And he hasn't said that for a long time. And is he's an aces man, isn't he? He's the captain. Part of the four aces. The so, Stingers won this week. Oh, I thought yes. the aces won. No, the uh, the South African boys won. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, good. Well, that's good that that changes up. And then the Goat Rangers was getting sick the, of the aces winning. No, the Goat no, the Range Goats, the, rate go, the Goat <laughs> Rangers. You and the Goat Rangers. <laughs> <Rangers. laughs> <laughs> I'm just winding Lenny up right now. Uh, they finished third. So they're actually having a good run. Yeah. Having a good run. What, what about what about our guys, uh, the Rippers? Seventh. No, it was it was uh, Cam in finished second. Obviously yeah. lost in the playoff, and the rest of the boys best uh, best was right. Matt Jones thirty second, and the others were in the thirties and forties. So yeah, okay, not a great week. Uh, it's time for feedback uh, and tweets to the editor. So a stack of feedback, uh, particularly on the top five movies. Nick, I mean, mm. people really got involved, but a lot of uh, debate. Just a little basic stuff. General feedback. Um, I enjoyed the banter between Nick and Mark. I especially like the thoughtful discussions each week, the summary of tournament results around the world and how the Aussie golfers performed. The Masterclass golf tips are easy to understand. They must be yours he's talking about. <laughs> uh, the interview with David Michelizzi was insightful. Nick and Mark, uh, they're well-prepared. Questions encourage David to open up and be himself. Good job, Labs. Mm, is that from? Uh, that one is from... Uh, Sandscrape. Uh, Sandscrape, yes, Apple Podcast. So David must be David Michaluzzi. Uh, he got off to a good start uh, last week. Yeah, Shot the he, six he, under he, and then made the cut on the number. He made the cut on the number. He would have been very popular in the locker room because he bogeyed two or three yes, of the last yes. few holes and let, let about everyone 20 in. guys in. <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> you can come on out to him, Dave, any time oh, you mate, want. They would, have been throwing, <laughs> they would have been throwing 20s at him when yeah. he walked into the clubhouse. Uh, the worst part of this golf podcast is it's too short. Needs to be longer. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. Who's that? Try Blue. Try Blue. Good yeah. on you, Try Blue. Thank you. Oh, yes. Speaking of Blue. Yeah, um, go on. Responding to the message from Tommy last week where he sent a pic of his favourite car. Oh, we're trying to work out what sort of a car it was. Yeah, whether it was in the showroom or whatever, but uh, that was Blue. And apparently it was a McLaren. McLaren, McLaren boys. Oscar's main mode of transport. Uh, and Marky Mark sent a nice little uh, a link that showed them all and mm-hmm. uh, Lead Gordon was onto it as well. Not so good on you guys. McLaren. We certainly appreciate it. But we had a stack of feedback on the movies last week. So I reckon we take a break. I reckon we uh, just quickly uh, hole out here on the ninth green uh, and I'll be back in a tick uh, to talk through all this movie feedback because it was a joke. And the poll. The poll went crazy as well. It was good. I'll see you on the 10th. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where you need to improve. And this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. 
Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world, and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes, not hours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper. But it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers, download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. Like the podcast? Oh, maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Okay, get your driver out and I want to see a monster down here, Nick, at least 230 <laughs> metres, all right? 225 at best. <laughs> hey, before we get into the feedback, can you just remind me of my top five movies, please? Because I've forgotten already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Five was Bag of Ants, yeah. four Caddyshack, yeah. three Tin Cup, nice. two Two was Greatest Game Ever Played, one and Sebi. one was Sebi the Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that was that's, good. That's rock solid. Was it a movie or a documentary? I think Sevy yeah. the movie was a movie. Okay. Yeah. It was a bit of a... Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it had some had real stuff both. interspersed. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I know what you're saying. Yep. And my top five was uh, Bag of Ants at five. Four was mm. Greatest Game Ever. Three was Seven Days in Utopia. Yes. Two was Sevy. And one, of course, the iconic Caddyshack. I did notice Seven Days in Utopia copped it a little bit. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was good back in the day. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Uh, Bailey Bubba, seven. Tin Cup for me. Uh, Jade Kin Itar uh, was the greatest game ever played for mm-hmm. him. Brad Owen, got to go with Mark on this one because Seven Days in oh, Utopia is so bad. <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch it. <laughs> Simon Davies said, Dead Solid Perfect says hi. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I, I've watched a bit of it. No, I haven't watched the whole thing. Yeah. Tommy's Honor, that was from Frio Harbour Master. Yeah. Um, have you seen that, Tommy's Honor? No. It's actually good. It's Pretty good. good. Yeah, it's all about old Tom Morris and his yeah. dad and, and all that. Yeah, okay. okay. Better have a look. And, of course, uh, we didn't mention Happy Gilmore, but... Neither of us. Yeah, Damien Ratcliffe said, Happy Gilmore with a question mark. Yeah. And Wayne, who always loves to tweet in, Wayne, 1965, how can Happy Gilmore not be on both lists? It was what, a surprise. Yeah, what about this one from Luke? Phantom of the Open is brilliant. Have you ever heard of it? Yes, I've heard of it, and I cannot bring myself to watch it. Why is that? It's about a guy who apparently somehow got into the Open Championship and he plays off about a 27 oh, handicap no, I'm not or something that. like that. No, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not watching that. I see that enough on the golf course. Yeah, so I don't no, need to. No. Uh, Wayne, nothing. <laughs> 65 is back. Uh, Nick wins. Pretty simple. Where's Happy Gilmore? Uh, that's from Damien Ratcliffe. Uh, Robert Weatherall. Always liked the, the golf game Bob Hope had with Arnold Palmer called Call Me Buana. Call Me Buana. Never heard of it. No idea what that is. And Steve D sent something through a movie called Golf Balls. Hmm. I'm not sure that's uh, one for the kiddies. Yeah, I'm not sure looks that's family friendly. No, 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 anyway. no. Doesn't look like it. Back to the poll. Yeah, now the poll. This is the important one. It is. So uh, the poll was uh, basically Mark's list rocks. Uh, Nick's nailed it. Both are great. Both are off the mark. Well, you've nailed it. Forty percent. Everyone else. I got forty. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think the Caddyshack tipped me over the point, over the line. Yeah. 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 Seven days in Utopia <laughs> helped me back for a little while, but I came home strong. Yeah. You could have smashed it. <laughs> you could have smashed it out of the park. Yeah. Hey, time to get some results. Uh, have we missed anything this week, Nick? Uh, we missed a couple of things. We did speak about uh, Steve Stricker. He defended his region's tradition title mm. on the Champions Tour. It is a major, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, so that's two times in a row he's won by six strokes. Best oh. of the Aussies was Richard Green, Can tied for 11. Oh, good. Can mm-hmm. I just go back to the major? I'll never get used to majors not sounding like they are yeah. majors. It's got to be a Masters Open PGA yeah. or something. whatever. Something like that. Something, yeah. yeah exactly. Can we fix that? Well, we'll uh, try. Well, um, Greenie, that's not his best finish, is it, Greeny? He's uh, had a top five somewhere, I reckon. He finished second or third on yeah. early on in Morocco. So yeah. he's doing well on the money list. He's you know, around top 20-ish. So what's he got to do? Finish the top 30 so he doesn't have to go to tour school? Probably 50, I think it is these okay. days. Okay, Something good. like that. No, he's, he's, he's well uh, well on track. Uh, the LPGA event, which we did talk about, a lot of the Aussies did well there. Sarah Kemp yes. actually led after two days. Yes. Didn't and, have a great weekend. And Grace Kemp. Grace Kemp finished tied 10th. Sarah Kemp uh, tied 13th. So nice. that was really good from those nice, two. Nice, nice. Uh, just an interesting result because I watched a little bit on the DP World Tour, the Sudal Open in Belgium. Oh, yeah. A guy who has been to the Q School 11 times. Oh, I love these stories. Simon Forstrom. He yeah. won Q School this year. Yeah. Gets his first win. So he doesn't have to go oh, back to Q School. That's uh, It was really good. He's a, a Swedish golfer. How old he, is he? Uh, 34, 34? I think. Yeah, 11 trips. Wow. I mean, that's just banging your head against a brick wall, yeah, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Good luck to him. I just went a, five times. That was enough. <laughs> that was enough. That yeah. was enough. Uh, we touched on the live. Our uh, Cameron Smith finished second, and I just want to make mention Kirsten Rudgley tied for thirteenth on the European Ladies Johnny Tour. Kirsten. Really good result for her there. And then locally, we had an interstate series, New South Wales. Uh, the team won, defeating South Australia at the St Michael's Golf Club in Sydney. What there, a so. fantastic mm. venue that is to have uh, exactly that championship. Yeah. That, that is just a, a great, fantastic place. To play your golf. Oh, yeah, Perfect I haven't played play. there. It's right next to New, New South, South Wales, Wales golf course, obviously, and you can sort of see it from different angles. And I thought, I'd love to play there one day, and I've never got there. But the pictures I see are incredible. Years ago, I had to qualify there. You know, once, once upon a time on the Australian Tour, is, uh, if you made the cut, you played the next week, and if you didn't, you had to qualify. Yep. Uh, so I had a run of missed cuts in my first year, and one of the years I had to go to St Michael's. That's unlike you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so I, I arrived on... Um, uh, the Sunday night, and it's dusk. I got lost in the trees because it used to be. I got on some tees, and I didn't know. You know I didn't know where to go because <laughs> you know, it was just a tee back there. You know, there's a uh, you know, back tee goes this way, and there weren't any you no know markers, markers where you could think. Oh, I've got, obviously it's a right angle to this. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have a clue. And anyway, I'm guessing you didn't qualify. Uh, and that's the only time I played it. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I reckon I did. I oh, reckon okay. I did qualify. I yeah, well I was good, yeah, I wasn't a bad qualifier. That's all I can do. Uh, before we get to the top five, and it is about, uh, this year, uh, this top five, it's about uh, game lost, then back in form. So it's going to be mm. my top five. Oh, I like that. Yeah, sort of situations. Uh, you, you told me before you hadn't watched Back in Utopia for years and years and years. Yeah. Can you go, please go and watch it again? Just going to give you some homework and then get back to me. I Such will. was the feedback yeah. that it was no good. Yeah, apparently it wasn't that great. What's it called it, again? Uh, seven Days in Utopia. Seven Days in Utopia. And, it sounds like uh, it hasn't aged well. Maybe not. I don't know. But I was. I think I must have been going going through a mental game phase or something, you know, throughout my... And I remember something recommending it to me and I thought, oh, okay, maybe that's what I took out of it, but who knows. Righto, so my top five, game lost, then back in form list starts at number five. I'm lost, but I'm found again. Okay. Steve Stricker was a hell of a golfer. 
He was a very good player. He was knocking on the door of getting into a Ryder Cup and completely lost his game, lost his confidence, lost his money, lost everything. I think he fell outside the top 800 players in the world mm. and then somehow got back as an exempt player on the PGA Tour. He's my number five. Okay. He also won the Ben Hogan Award. Is it the Ben, ben Hogan Award? I'm not no, sure. The biggest they, comeback. Uh, the comeback player of the, the year. The comeback player That's of the correct. year. Steve Stricker won it because he finished just inside. At number four is also Steve Stricker. <laughs> oh, because, because he parlayed that 120 finish <laughs> into a top 10 finish, I think it was. It might have even been fifth. Well, I think he lost his game again for a, for a little while and then was... Then then didn't go back. So he did it. He, he actually won the award, the comeback player of the year award. He won it. Oh, it was back to back. Twice. Yeah, I don't know it was back to back. Yeah, it was back, it was was back it? to it was, okay. ba- it was back That's to back. That's impressive, that is. It was back to back. So he's my number five and my number four. Shame, Nick, you didn't get him when he was number eight hundred <laughs> oh, in the world. Yeah, huh? that's right. Well, I was part of his comeback player of the year phase. <laughs> yeah, I think it was because of me that he won that award. <laughs> at Metro with the semis. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you that was the listening. first comeback. Uh, my next one, similar last name, but here's a bloke who not only lost his game, but lost all his money. Mm. Henrik Stenson went from being a superstar of the European tour, a superstar, to losing his game, making some really bad investments and choices, lost all his money, and then came back to win a major at the British Open. I think his comeback really culminated in shot 64 and beat uh, Mickelson, Mickelson yeah. in a shootout. It was like a jewel in the sun again. Yeah. Remember that were Nicholas and Watson. So he's my number three. Uh, I don't know whether you could call it game loss, but it was definitely a back in form. And I've got Tiger at number two. Ooh, he doesn't okay. make it the number one on this list, but mm. him coming back and winning the Masters. Yeah, I never thought he was going to come back and win another major. That no. was some performance, yeah. and to see everyone else crumble. Yes, as, as yes. he was, as he was just sort of yes. doing his thing. And yeah. I might have said this before, but I remember David Duval years ago yeah. used to say, uh, you know, all these young players coming through, they're all saying, "I wish we could have played Tiger in his prime." And Duval yeah. said. The hell you would. <laughs> and we saw that at Augusta that year. <laughs> so Tigers gets my number two. Uh, but Ben Hogan is my number one to have oh, the car yeah. crash. But what I loved about the car crash is that he took his hands off the wheel and dived across his wife, Valerie, to save Valerie. Oh, well. He got absolutely carved up in that accident, came back. Yeah. You know, if you if you believe the legend, he used to have to get up at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning for a 7.30 hit off to wrap himself and to walk. <laughs> Incredible. And that, yeah. All those sorts of things. Never and, said he'd walk again, all that sort of stuff, yep. And then I believe he had one of the greatest years of all time in 1953 where he won three of them. Incredible. And the only one he didn't win was the USPGA and the only reason he didn't win that because they weren't flying back then and the boat from Britain <laughs> back to the States for August just didn't arrive in time. Couldn't get well, so as simple as that. He might have. Wow. He might have won them all. He probably would have. He might have won them all. Yeah. So that that is my number one. That's a great top five. I like that. Okay, uh, I reckon we might have uh, a masterclass on the back of Jason Day, and that is coming mm. up right now. Okay, yeah, this week's masterclass. If you did watch the finish to the Byron Nelson event, we saw Jason Day coming down the stretch. And the thing you notice about him when he plays his shots, full shots, not so mm. much putting, I don't think I saw it on putts, but on the full shots he closes his eyes. He's got the visualisation yeah. going and that's all part of his pre-shot routine. I remember Jack Nicholas talking about his pre-shot routine 
And he used to say before he got over the ball, he used to go to the movies. I thought that was a fantastic yeah, awesome, way yeah. to describe what he was trying to see behind the ball. So he'd stand behind the ball and just visualize exactly where he wanted the ball to start, the, the trajectory, the flight, where it landed, all that. I was never that detailed myself. And I'm not exactly sure if Jason Day is going into that sort of mm. detail as well. But what he is doing when he's closing his eyes is he's getting his mind into a space. He's bringing it back into the present moment, which is the most important place to be on every golf shot, obviously. If you're thinking about the result or you're worried about what you've just done, that's where mm. bad things happen. So he's just getting his mind back to the present moment, closing his eyes, probably taking a couple of deep breaths and really visualizing what he wants to do with that golf ball. And then he gets into the into the uh, swing and executes and away mm. it goes. Now, there's a variety of different ways that you can do it. I'm going to sort of do a little video of it later and post it on the socials. But uh, that pre-shot routine behind the ball, that is the space where you can control that time. That's the most important thing. You control that time however way you want to do it. And, Mark, mm. I know you were talking a little bit earlier before we got on. Mm. When your pre-shot routine was on song, that's when you played your best golf, yeah, I correct? Did play, I didn't play my best too often, but I, I had a, uh, a bit of a mentor at Texas Tech. His name was Steve Long. He was actually just in town, would you believe? He came and, and paid a visit. Anyway, um, he used to say uh, to give your pre-shot or your preparation, he used to call it prep, mm. shot prep is what okay. he used to call it, give your shot prep a mark out of 10 after every round of golf and, and, and see if it correlates to the way you played. Yeah. And of course it did. Yeah. yeah 100% of course it did. If you were sharp, from, you know, I think I think your pre-shot really starts the second you take the club out of the bag in the professional world. Mm. You know, you, you talk over the shot with your caddy, you decide where you don't want to go. If it's over the back, you pick a club that corresponds to something that cannot go over the back, what, whatever the story is. Yeah. But as soon as that club comes out of the bag and you've already decided with your caddy or by yourself – this is what I'm going to do, that's when your pre-shot starts. Mm. Uh, and I was always told to, to, to give it a score out of 10. And it's funny enough, the 10s I played well. Yep. And yeah, the I sixes broke it down and sevens into, I didn't play so well. <laughs> I broke it down into two areas there, yeah. the, the decision-making and then the execution. So I'd give myself a mark as well, but I'd do it out of five, not not out of yeah. ten because it was just too hard because yeah. I, go I didn't want to give myself <laughs> 6.5s or anything like that. But, yeah, the, the decision-making phases I found before I pulled the yeah. club, right? Yeah. And then once you pulled the club, then you stand behind the ball, you go through that little visualisation, which Jason's yeah. obviously doing. But the biggest thing about that before you walk into the ball, number one thing is to be committed as well. Mm. If you're not committed as you walk into that ball, unfortunately, you're not going to hit a good golf shot. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, we'll post something a little later um, video-wise and, and go through that. Can I ask you, um, I, I didn't close my eyes and visualise the shot so much. Mm. I mean, I'd picture the shot if you want to fade or a draw or whatever, but I would really picture the way I want my hands to work through the impact. Mm. And I would rehearse that little how I wanted them to feel through impact. Yep. Just those little triggers. A little it, it practice swing behind? Yeah, just yeah. A, a mini, a mini, this is what it's going to feel like through impact. Yep. You know, it, it just, it doesn't take much. It, I mean, whatever, whatever fights your boat, really. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I see some amateurs these days and they're trying to make the exact practice swing yeah. behind the ball or next to the ball that they're going to have on the shot. No. Now, that confuses me a little because number one is they usually take a divot 
yeah. and then the grooves get filled with dirt. <laughs> they don't, <laughs> clean, they, they they don't clean, clean the, the face. grooves. That's all right. of a sudden you've got you know a, a, a club face full of dirt, which is not going to make gonna the ball work. spin. Yep. <laughs> Why don't I spin the ball? Well, you've got yeah. dirt in the grooves. Okay, that's number <laughs> Let's one. Let's have a look at the face of the club. And the other <laughs> thing is what you're trying to do is you're just trying to, as you alluded to, get a feeling for the golf yes. swing. You watch Tiger Woods especially behind yes. the ball and he's making two or three rehearsals and he's just making air swings. He's not yeah. even coming close to the ground. They're all in slow motion getting a feeling for what he wants to do. The whole key about all this is to figure out what works for yourself because yeah. there are a variety of ways to do it. But uh, I love what you just said there. Last one, last one, yeah. because we, we don't want – for hours we, we, I, I, I love pre-shot. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> Me if too. I ever If I ever try and teach a kid, it's always about pre-shot. Yeah. It, just, it just always is. Golf on the PGA Tour that we watch on TV, it's very different to club golf. We don't want PGA Tour style. <laughs> no, that's true. We don't. We don't. So what, what's a nice way, do you think – for club golfers, and that, that's why I always just yep. just the mini rehearsal of what the hand's going through. That that would be my tip, so mm-hmm. you don't look like a PGA Tour pro and you don't slow everything up. But, but that's just the way I think. Now I'm, I'm more interested in the way that you think, seeing yep. you number sixteen in the world. So you do a lot of teaching with a lot of players about how to actually get around the golf course. Yep. What, what's your advice to them? Because I'm sure it's not the PGA Tour as they're playing out there. Yeah, yeah, it's like this little mini version of the same thing. We don't want to have fourteen different practice swings, you know, behind the ball. That's one of the things that annoys me a little bit. I try and get people to go, right, first and foremost, before you pull the club, what shot do you want to hit? What club do you want to hit? Where do you want to hit it, etc. And then after you've pulled the club, stand behind the ball, make one or two little mini practice swings, yep. as you say, and then walk in, a couple of looks, react and go. And all of that should take around about 20 to 30 seconds. Right. And be ready when it's your turn. That's the other thing. You yeah, can okay. do all your decision-making phase while, you're, while your uh, playing partners are uh, hitting their shots as well. You can figure all that stuff out. Okay. Well, to a Tri Blue, who uh, said the podcast is too short, it's not this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me, live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. We'd love you to follow us on the socials and rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 